1: Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com/tapiphone.
2: Hano hey Pool has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Hano. Hey Become a DTNS member at Patreon.com/dtns.
3: Folks, you have reached the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, January 23rd, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt.
2: And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane.
4: From Salt Lake City, Utah, I'm Scott Johnson. And from a sunny L.A. County, I'm the show's
1: producer, Roger Chang.
3: We have got some phone trends to talk about and decide if they're last gasps or new frontiers for the cell phone industry. Uh, But let's start with a few tech things you should know.
2: Viacom is buying the ad-supported Pluto TV and plans to put uh, shows from MTV, Nickelodeon, and Comedy Central, as well as movies from Paramount, on it. Pluto says that it has 12 million viewers, 7.5 million of whom watch on a TV.
4: Nice. Never even heard of it. The latest update to Microsoft's Edge browser for Android and iOS adds alerts for unreliable websites from NewsGuard. All right. Now, all you got to do is toggle it on or off in your settings. And uh, went on ninety percent and ninety eight percent rather of online news sites will show a red or green icon for reliability in the address bar. You can tap on the icon for more information per site
3: and IBM's cloud business grew 12% in 2018 as IBM shifts to cloud analytic to I'm sorry cloud analytics cybersecurity and AI as its focus IBM beat earnings expectations in Q4 and profit forecast for 2019 came in above expectations as well the revenue declined but it didn't even decline as much as people thought it would so all pretty rosy for Gina Romady over there
4: let's talk robots scott Let's do it. Let's talk Amazon robots, in fact. Amazon announced it is, is two now joining the world of delivery robots, led by companies like Starship, Neuro, Kiwi, among others. Yesterday, Starship announced it was expanding its robot delivery service to George Mason University in Virginia. And today, Amazon introduced Scout, a six-wheeled robot similar to the other delivery robots. A pilot program for Scout will start with six robots total, accompanied by Amazon employees, In the Snohomish, Washington area.
3: Snohomish.
4: (laughs) Snohomish.
3: (laughs) Snohomish. As famous as the location for the high school that was used in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, the movie.
4: Oh, well then I'm glad
3: I said it weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were just saying it backwards, that's all. Yeah,
4: I was trying to avoid uh, you say it 3 times and I
2: can't. <laughs> well, so for anybody who's like, "Well, wait a second. I thought Amazon was already working with like drones and, you know, how do these robots differ when it comes down to the consumer getting their goods?"
3: Amazon hmm. is behind the curve here right? Their robot looks just like all the other robots. They've got robotics in their warehouse and that may be what a lot of people think, but they don't have robots on the streets the way starship and neuro and Kiwi and a bunch of others have been doing. Mm -hmm. So Amazon I, I, I want to give them credit this time. They didn't try to make it sound like they're the only people doing this, like they did with drone delivery, where actual companies have been doing drone delivery for years now, and Amazon still isn't. This one, they said, hey, you know what? We're going to try this out. We're going to put it in Stohomish. We're a little... They didn't say it, but they're a little bit behind, you know, because they're going to have to have people out there walking them. A lot of these Starship ones are just monitored remotely now because they're trustworthy. But Amazon could quickly pass all of these first mover advantage companies because, you Who doesn't want to get a package delivered faster by robot?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're Amazon. They do this right. They pull this off right. They'll just lap them like this could be a a big boon for them. But I'm looking at this thing. It does look like the other robots, number one. Number two, it just looks like a weird little garbage can on wheels. Like I still have all these fears about what a teenager could do. To this thing and these I know things it's are pretty
3: to hardened ahead. to to being beaten up uh, and they're monitored uh the Amazon ones are gonna have a person right next to them but even the starship ones are monitored so
4: sure yeah it's just I can't get it out of my head when these things happen drones whatever everyone says oh we're gonna bring it right to your thing with a robot I'm like I know like a pack of kids up the road, they're going to destroy that freaking they thing.
3: They could also destroy the UPS driver if they really wanted to. I mean, it's true. let's be honest.
2: Exactly. <laughs> right. It's not the robot that incites <laughs> violence. No.
3: <laughs> I, I do think uh, it is crazy that we're living in a world where we're talking about how Amazon is late to the re- game of robot delivery.
2: Sure. Yeah yeah and and how we think teenagers might pick it apart all right let's move on to a few stories from cord cutting land i'll run through a few of them hulu announced it'll lower its ad supported subscription plan from 7.99 per month is us dollars to 5.99 per month starting on february 26th the ad free sub will stay at 11.99 per month but hulu live tv will rise to 44.99 from the current $39.99 per month. DVR and expanded multi-screen viewing packages are dropping from $9.99 to $9.99, rather, from $14.99 per month, probably because not enough people used it. In the same vein, YouTube TV added 95 markets in the U.S. and says that it is now available to 98% of the country and hopes to reach the other 2% shortly. More than 90% of its markets have local affiliates from the top four broadcasters And if you listen to all this stuff and you say, oh man, it's a little tedious to stay on top of all these price changes and what companies are doing, there's a startup called Suppose TV, you may or may not have heard of, which has a tool to let you compare different services based on channel selection and price among other parameters. A new feature called TV Service Alert will email you when your TV services change their prices or their channel lineup or their features. And the company just launched a new API to get access to its live TV database and recommendation engine.
3: Yeah, so it's like we had the Netflix price rise. Now we have a Hulu price Stretch, you know, one plan's rise getting cheaper, and rise and drop. It's yeah, yeah one it plans getting like more expensive. Uh, and and I love that suppose.tv TV uh, had good timing to say, hey, if you're getting tired of figuring out who's raising their prices and whether it's worth it, uh, we're going to make it even easier because uh, we've talked about it on cord killers before. Suppose TV is a great tool for figuring out if which plans have the channels that are most important to you, but you don't want to have to keep going back to that. So having this email alert that that'll send it to you and say, hey, you know what? Uh, you stop thinking, stop worrying about it. And Scott, I'm curious what you think about this. Stop with the the package fatigue. We'll just tell you when the next cool thing is so that you don't have to fret about it anymore.
4: No, I like that a lot. Cause then I'm not a surprised about it or B feel like I have to line up one of those awful calls where I have to call in and go, you guys did a bunch of stuff this year I didn't know about. And so I want to cancel. And then you got to fight over, uh, all the great new deals are going to give you now to keep you. And, and then you start wondering, well, if you had that deal in the first place, why did not you give me that to start with instead of this other bad deal? Like, I hate that whole loop of communication yeah. with my providers. So I do like this idea a lot. I'm, I'm a big fan of services in general that ping you and let you know when something you're using changes. I'm glad that it's a sort of a third party thing and I don't have to rely on some network or some, you know, service like Netflix to do the reminding. I'd like to be reminded by these guys. So I think that stuff is great. The name, though, am I supposed to say "supposed TV"? Like you'd say "supposed TV"? Like supposed to be?
2: Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think yeah that they probably aren't mad at that uh, comparison.
4: Oh, someone says, "Is this a cool service?" And they go, "Well, it's supposed to be," <laughs> which is just the name of it. Yeah.
3: Well, it is what we call it. Just- I, I, I've been calling it suppose.tv so that I remember the URL because it's a .tv URL. But um, yeah, I also would like to make some feature requests to suppose.tv for the future because I like where they're going here with automatic alerts. What if I am allowed to log in and authorize you if I trust you to just cancel services that i'm not using anymore right if you like you ping me i'm like hey uh you, you still have stars you know because there there are services out here that do that too so I, it'd be cool if they just started helping me keep track of what i'm subscribed to uh not just when the price changes for it
4: yeah i wouldn't mind it if they if i could authorize them to cancel that stars thing i added on to something that i didn't mean to keep and you know pass whatever show i wanted to see I mean, that's a weird thing, giving them rights to do that sort of thing, but I'd like that idea more than mm-hmm. me having to go figure it out. So yeah, do everything for me, suppose TV. Yeah.
3: Or even get to a questionnaire instead of having to pick channels. Like what kind of, what kind of stuff do you watch? What do you want? Yeah. 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 Alphabet's Google disclosed Tuesday that it spent $21.1 million lobbying the U S government in 2018. That's more than its previous high of 18.22 million all the way back in 2012, uh, Facebook also disclosed that it spent $12.62 million in 2018. That's its highest yet, up from $11.51 million in 2017, so just last year. Amazon spent $14.1 million its most yet, up from the $13 million it spent last year. Microsoft spent $9.52 million, so quite a bit less than these other companies, and also not its greatest amount yet. Uh, That was $10.5 million in 2013. Apple spent $6.62 million, even less, and that's down from its high of $7.15 million last year. Reuters says Google is among the top lobbyist spenders in the entire country each year alongside defense contractors, healthcare providers, and cable operators. The, I- the people lobbying your government the most are defense, healthcare, cable TV, and Google.
4: Can I, can I say a controversial thing and then you can just shoot it down if I'm totally wrong on this? My assumption here. And, you, and, I, and it may not even be possible to say whether I'm wrong, but it seems to me the ones that have up to their budget and are at their highest level, Facebook, Google, companies like that, are the most uh, invested and affected by any goings up or down of net neutrality slash uh, FCC control over the internet, that sort of stuff. While these other companies, Microsoft... Uh, Apple, while services are a big deal and while, you know, internet traffic is a big deal for them, they're less, that's less of a focus for them. So it just seems to me that that's why they're higher and the others are lower. Am I wrong to, to think that do you think?
3: I don't know. I don't know if you're wrong to think that or not. I'm curious what people think. Uh, It does. It does tend to look to me like the companies that feel like they have the most to fear from regulation, are also the companies you are most likely to see spending money. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Sorry, I got distracted by Slack for a second. Uh yeah, like if 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 I'm Alphabet, aka Google and all the things I do, I probably have a lot of stuff that I need to have continue happening and want to do in the future that is going to require the ear of people in Places of power that can make those decisions for this country. And they probably I don't know this because it's saying there, but I'll bet they spend a good amount of money internationally as well. Um, I don't know how that works in, say, parliament or other places, but I'm sure that that's they'd like the ear of those uh, lawmakers as well. And it doesn't surprise me at all, whereas Apple's like, meh. Just want to sell a lot of phones and hardware and ear pods and stuff. Well,
3: you know, Apple, it's not like they don't have their problems with the FBI, right? They have a lot of problems with law enforcement and and they come under all kinds of patent lawsuits from Qualcomm and places like that. But they're less under the gun outside of the cryptography debate for privacy issues. And privacy issues and advertising are the hot ticket. And if you look at this, Facebook, Amazon, Google, they're all advertisers. Even Amazon making more and more money off advertising these days. Microsoft, not so much. They make Mm -hmm. some on advertising, but they make less and they spend less. And Apple doesn't really make hardly anything off advertising. They have a little bit in the app store and that's it. Uh, And they're at the bottom of this pile. So uh, you could, it's correlation. I don't know if it's causation, but you could definitely correlate those together.
4: I'm terrible correlation causation guy. I'm bad at it. Like I tend to (laughs) conflate the two all the time. I think that's a known thing of me. And Tom's always been a really great kind of counter to that, but what you say about ads hadn't even occurred to me. Of course, this has a lot to do with ads. It must, it must have to do with ads because uh, why wouldn't it? You know, they, they need to know. I mean, there's constantly things like, ah, is this fair to advertise this way or do this on a website? Shouldn't, shouldn't uh, Google not be allowed? to? Like that's always happening and being discussed. So, of course, they're spending more money to try to get their point across. Oh, hey, okay, it's my turn. Yes, it is. Sorry, uh, we got the. I guess we got the echo fixed. Sorry, for everybody who's wondering why Scott was distracted by Slack, it was actually a production Slack thing, and we were trying to figure something out, but I think it's good now. Anyway, Google announced that its G Suite users will be transitioned from the Hangouts app to Hangouts Chat starting in October of 2019. Hangouts Chat has a more Slack-like feature set and is already available for G Suite users. Consumers will continue to be able to use Hangouts app through Google, exp- uh, sorry, though Google expects to announce a transition to free chat and meet at a later date. Now, if you are like me, that's a <laughs> lot of names to keep track of.
2: Right? It's like, how does Hangouts change? It's a very confusing. Google has been so good at being confusing about this for years now.
3: The problem was yeah. that they named everything Hangouts. Right? They had a pro. They had a product called Hangouts. And then they started to split that product up and kept calling it Hangouts. And so we'd all say like, oh, you use Hangouts? I heard Hangouts is going away. Well, not that Hangouts. That Hangouts is over here. They even changed Google Talk to be Hangouts, even though it wasn't Hangouts or the original Hangouts, which is now Hangouts on Air or Hangouts Meet. And yeah. it's incredibly How could anyone confusing. Be yeah.
2: expected to keep this all straight. But Hangouts
3: is not going away. It is also going away because everything's called Hangouts. So when people panic about Hangouts is going away, who knows what they're panicking about? Could be nothing, could be something. But if I can try to boil it down, what Google seems to be doing, if I've made sense of this, is replacing the chat app with another chat app. And they're going to do it for enterprise users first in October and then they're going to do it later for consumers. So if you're a consumer and you use the chat app called Hangouts, don't worry about it. It's going to be at least uh, after October before you're going to have to worry about switching to a new app. And Google hasn't even said how they're going to make that transition. If you're on G Suite, then you should probably uh, download uh, Hangouts chat now, uh, which is what that app is called hangouts chat uh and and start sli- signing up for it that's their slack like alternative because that's what you're going to get transitioned to in october
4: yeah and all this makes sense they're just really bad at this whole name thing i remember when uh, docs and drive got combined and there was some confusion around that like wait yeah. a minute Doc, I go to docs still for but it's drive now and I, that means what their files in there
3: i oh, never Doc. know what to call the instant messaging inside gmail which right. i know is technically hangouts but G-pop? if i say hangouts yeah. No one knows what I'm talking about. If I say Gtalk, people who are older <laughs> have been using it for a while Kind of
2: antiquated. No yeah, yeah,
3: but new users are like, what's well, Gtalk? I've never heard about that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, don't forget we have another show. We have a bunch of other shows. We have a monthly video game briefing with Scott Johnson and Patrick Bejo once a month for the mainstream gamer. We have Daily Tech Headlines, keeping you up to date Monday through Friday with Rich Straffolino, Sarah Lane, and myself at DailyTechHeadlines.com. <laughs> Let's talk phone trends. We got three new phone trends. It's a month from Mobile World Congress and the phone companies are starting to try to get on the agenda. They're leaking out a little information to say, hey, reporters, when you get to Barcelona in a month, be sure to pay attention to us. First one, I'm going to give you three and then we can discuss which we think are actual trends and which we think are, are just last ditch efforts or maybe all three or both. Meizu announced its new zero phone. No ports, no buttons.
2: That's what the zero refers to. No holes. It's zero it's the wireless office.
3: Zero apertures. Uh, I love it. No love speaker it holes. No SIM card slots. No charging port. Uh, it does have a camera bump on the back, and and it does appear to have some slight holes for the microphone on it. So maybe it's not zero holes, but it's five point nine inch AMOLED screen. A uh, small bezel on the front for your front facing camera. The screen contains the fingerprint reader and the speaker. So it's not like it doesn't have a speaker. It's just in the screen. They claim an 18 watt wireless charging uh, apparatus. So that's quite a bit faster than Samsung or Apple and haptic virtual side buttons. So you still have volume buttons on the side. They're just not actually buttons. Uh, they also okay. didn't announce a price or release date. Now that's number one. Number two, Xiaomi released a video on Weibo of its engineering model of a foldable phone. Foldable, we know, is a big category. Xiaomi's phone uh, is a tablet form that folds on both sides underneath the middle section to create the phone form factor. Again, this is just an engineering model. Third, LG published a video promoting its Mobile World Congress press event showing a hand swiping above a piece of paper to reveal the message, Goodbye Touch! implying gesture control. Gesture control of smartphones has been around for years. Samsung's had it for five years, but it hasn't really caught on yet. LG's announcement is scheduled for February 24th at Mobile World Congress. So Sarah, Scott, lay it on me. Which of these is going to revolutionize the phone market and which of these is just a, a desperate attempt to revitalize sales?
2: You know, I have to say that the Meizu Zero phone, just in the sense that it is, you know, I I made a joke earlier, like, oh wireless office. But I do like the idea of, and I think most people do, you know, how many chargers and ports and blah 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 do you want? No, in a perfect world, we don't need any of these things. Hmm. But in the in the in the modern world that we live in, we still do need them. So any phone that can do everything I want it to do. And yes, you've got a headphone port because I guess it would be really hard to 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 sell a phone of this caliber and say like, well, everything's got to be bluetooth wireless. But for going in that direction, I think that's the Wait. direction that all phones are going to go in.
3: There's no headphone jack on this thing. Yeah, there's nothing.
2: Well, I thought it said that there was.
3: No, it's speaker. There's a speaker in the screen. That's it.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah. holds for a microphone not a headphone holds jack for the microphone you know what i like this phone even more now <laughs> i do i do i mean i i and i understand that a lot of people be like well but what are, you know i you know i have all these things and you know what am i going to do with all this stuff that i've been using for my previous phones Recycling. and that's the whole garbage dump yeah exactly yeah um that that you have to deal with individually but I am down for a frictionless phone experience. Mm. Here's the here's the
3: negative though. You have to carry that wireless charger with you. Because yeah. you can't plug this thing in anywhere. There's no charging
2: but port. But you out. had to carry the chargers with you anyway. Or the You could battery just carry the wire or whatever. Though,
3: and and like plug it in with the at the airport with the USB thing at the jack. Not that I ever do that because I don't trust it, but theoretically people do that. So Yeah, I guess it's not. I don't know, Scott.
2: I mean, what do you think? I I I feel like you know I'm I'm getting rid of you know like all of this stuff is like the less of this the better. The less of of,
4: I kind of agree with you, and I actually think that's I I think it's even Apple's thinking. They want as little of that as possible. Let's go Face ID. Let's not have phone jacks anymore on the iPad Pros, at least this model. Uh, Let's not even have uh, a Lightning jack. Let's just go with some. You know, USB-C thing, and everybody can figure out what they want to connect into it. A lot of people complain about it, but I do think the future is a little less holes in your device and a little less things to have to plug in and worry about. However, that wireless charger, last time I checked anyway, for any of these phones, I have one over here, are about the size of your phone itself with a cable connected to it. Yeah, pretty big. Taking that on a plane kind of sucks. I don't know. Like, that's the only hang-up I'd have. The rest of it, Bluetooth audio, uh, speakers built into the screen is kind of cool, I like virtual buttons on things like all of that stuff is fine. Um,
3: I think this is too far ahead of its time. I think this actually will be what phones will look like down the road uh, as this becomes more and more pervasive and and you don't worry. And and wireless charging becomes pervasive enough that it is also at the airport and places like that. Uh, I think foldable is probably the one that's least likely to catch on out of all of this, though. Uh, maybe I may be wrong if somebody cracks, uh, the, the form factor so that it really feels like a thin phone in your hand when it's folded up. I really want this to work, but I don't see it working yet. Uh, Mm. gesture control is the wild card for me. It hasn't caught on yet, but LG seems to think it's got the thing and I could see if it's done right, the ability to not even have to touch your phone to be able to just do, you know, certain moves to, to dismiss. Miss notifications or call up, uh, you know your camera or, or something. I guess if you have a ca- thick camera, you want it in your hand. But I, I could see that possibly, potentially being a differentiator that people think is cool.
4: I do, I do think that you mentioned form factor, and that's going to matter a lot for a foldable phone. And uh, the the word, the wise words of Kenny Rogers comes to mind: "You've got to know when to fold it." Well. <laughs> When I fold mine, it'll be when it's not nine inches thick when you fold it. And <laughs> so you're not, not going to gamble on one of the first models. <laughs> no, I'm not. I really am not. But I do love the idea of a – I don't even think of it as a tablet. It's just a bigger screen for a while when you're in a certain way of using it. And you're like, oh, I need to use the phone. Clamp, boom, I'm on the phone. It's a very, very cool idea. But until that stuff gets thin,
0: and yeah. so when you've,
4: when you've folded it, it's no thicker than current modern-day phones, then you've probably got me. Gesture control—I don't know that that ever takes off, to be honest. That one's probably the least interesting to me, and I don't—I I base that on purely just total gut instinct. I'm probably wrong, but the idea of me just looking at a phone and doing this and swiping my hand left and right seems ridiculous uh, and and an extra work actually versus just doing it with my thumb on the screen.
2: Well, people who have their thumb on the screen and maybe do not are people on our subreddit because you stretch the world wide over. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on other stories. Make a friend while you're at it. Daily We're also on Facebook. Same idea. Facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Tech News Show. And now let's check in with Chris Christensen. We've missed you, the amateur traveler, sharing the dangers of having a social media lead vacation.
3: This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. You talked last week here on the Daily Tech News Show about people being banned from YouTube by doing stupid things and recording it. The same thing has been happening on cruise ships, and Royal Caribbean is none too happy. A man jumped off an 11th floor balcony into the ocean 100 feet below so his friends could film it on Instagram. He was drunk, do you think? They got 157,000 views on Instagram, but they also got banned for life. And Royal Caribbean is considering legal action.
4: Yeah, don't do that. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler.
3: It feels like it doesn't need saying, but <laughs> apparently it needs saying. <laughs> no, least, no.
2: As popular as this will be, please don't do this. Yes. You might die.
3: Uh, thank you, Chris Christensen. Let's check out the mailbags there.
2: Let's do it. Steve, a Patreon supporter, says there are two principles underpinning Singapore's AI framework because we talk a lot on the show about how different countries are dealing with AI technology and and, and, and how to combat some of the potential uh, issues. Uh, Steve says one of that is decisions made by or with the help of AI in Singapore are explainable, transparent, And fair to consumers. The second is that AI solutions are human-centric. Singapore is working to be one of the jurisdictions with sound approaches to data management and the governance of AI, as well as other frontier technologies. If today is a slow news day, (laughs) could be an interesting discussion. (laughs) Uh, As if that were true, Steve. But yeah, and Steve actually linked us to a a really interesting uh, uh, article in the Straits Times, which is Singapore-centric, for a little more information about this.
3: Yeah, so I I do feel like this is interesting because uh, Singapore is always trying to make itself into a technological hub, uh, but it is also... A, a an authoritarian might might be a way to put it government I you yeah. know it, it, it's it's strict in its laws uh, it mm-hmm. had, people have mm-hmm. freedoms there but they don't have all the freedoms uh, that you might have and and so the, you know they're always trying to walk that balance between encouraging innovation and and keeping an orderly populace and this this feels like they're almost the best to do this like okay AI can do all kinds of things and we want it to do all kinds of things but we want to limit what it it's bad effects could do. So maybe Singapore is the great place to start this conversation. Uh, and and I can't say that I disagree with at least the way he put it in his email. Uh, Steve says that decisions have to be, what was it, uh, explainable, right? If an AI makes a decision, says you're denied for insurance, you should be able to explain why. It shouldn't be like I don't know the algorithm said it, right? Uh, it should be right. transparent so that you know, like this is I, somebody can go in and audit. Maybe it's not me, but somebody who knows AI can go in and go, wait, how are you conducting this? How does the AI work? And it should be fair to consumers, which is you know almost tautological to the rest of it, but but says, hey, it's not denying people for reasons that are not that are not okay. I'm using insurance as an example, but that should apply to everything. Yeah, insurance
4: oh. is a good example, though. That's one that you know. Yeah, that's one that people
3: always sure. think of.
0: Sure.
2: Steve, thank you so much for the feedback and the the recommended reading for the rest of us, which we will do. And also thanks to Scott Johnson for being with us this fine hump day afternoon, Scott. Where can people keep up with the rest of your work?
4: They can just head on over to frogpants.com. Show uh, Tom brought up earlier, the monthly video game briefing is linked there as well, and I'm really enjoying that with Patrick. It's such a fun way to to uh, talk to a more mainstream gaming audience that also listens to DTNS if you haven't checked it out before. I think you'll really enjoy it. You can find that at frogpants.com and you can find me over at Scott Johnson on Twitter.
3: Folks, uh, there's lots of ways to support this show. If you just listen to it out of iTunes, you're already supporting it uh, because there are ads at the beginning and and that helps us put away a little money. Uh, What mostly funds the show is the ad-free Version of the show which you get through Patreon, Patreon.com/dtns. Uh, you can also buy things in our store at DailyTechNewsShow.com/store. Uh, that is is all there for you. So if if you can't afford to give us a dollar, just listen to the public feed. If you can, you can get some perks, uh, including I've got an editor's desk coming up to the people who support at five dollars a month later this week. That explains how I go about writing the headlines when, when I do the headlines for Daily Tech News Show or, or Daily Tech Headlines. So you can check that all out at patreon.com slash DTNS.
2: Have you heard the good word? We have an email address and you are privy to it. Oh, feedback what? at dailytechnewsshow.com is the email to send your comments, questions, and feedback too. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. Please join us if you can and find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live.
3: Back tomorrow with a Thursday appearance from Patrick Beja. Talk to you then.
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more
4: at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.
2: (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.